glad that you are here tonight. I want to talk to you uh, from the Word of God tonight about uh, some things that I believe are indicative of the day and age that we live. We're going to start out by reading in Matthew chapter 5, and uh, or rather chapter 7, and we'll start in verse 15, Matthew chapter 7 and uh, verse 15. These are the words of Jesus. He said, um, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves or ravenous or devouring wolves. Ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? In other words, you know, can something productive come out of something negative or hurtful? Do men gather grapes of thorns? In other words, they're not, thorns don't produce grapes and uh, thistles don't produce figs. Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit. But a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewed down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. Not every one that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils. And in thy name done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you even though they were using the name of Jesus. He did not know them. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not for it was founded upon a rock. And every one that heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. And I want to talk to you uh, tonight about sand castles. Sand castles. If you have ever built a sand castle um, out here on the beaches of the East Coast, you know that you can spend a lot of time building something very beautiful, and it can be gone in a minute. When the tide comes in, uh, it can be washed away, winds can blow, people can step on it, an animal can run through it. It is not secure if it is built on the sand regardless of how pretty it is and I, if you've ever spent any amount of time uh, building a sandcastle I remember uh, one particular 
day um, several years ago. My daughter was young, and we had all of the the right, you know, templates and buckets and pails and and everything, you know, to make a real elaborate um, sandcastle. And we worked at it diligently. And I can remember when we finally got it to the point where it was going to be completed. Oh, it was a masterpiece. I don't know if I had ever built a sandcastle this nice. It had uh, gates and it had moats and there were forts and turrets. I mean, it was an elaborate uh, sandcastle slash fort. And it, it would just spread out in several different areas. And just as we were completing it and we were standing back to look at it, a wave came in and just totally took over the whole sandcastle. And what we had spent all of that time, hours, building, was gone in a second. And I can remember standing there and being so disappointed. I wanted this to last for a little while. I wanted people to come by and say, did you build that? That's amazing. Can we take a picture of it? But nope, there was none of that because it was gone. It was leveled. And so there is something about sandcastles that we uh, can build in our own life. And when they um, are not built on the right foundation, they are uh, very heartbreaking. And it's only a matter of time whenever um, it's going to come down. And so when we talk about sandcastles tonight, I want you to understand what we're referring to. Sandcastles are dreams that are built on a faulty premise. They're dreams that are built on a faulty premise. This is what Jesus said. He said, now I'm telling you this, if you listen to me, you'll be like a man that builds his house on the rock. But if you don't, you're like the man that builds his house in the sand. And when we talk about dreams that are built on a faulty premise and we liken them to a sandcastle, you understand that the faulty premise is when the dream is built on a foundation that is in conflict with the Word of God. And this is what Jesus was telling them. He was saying, it's important for you to understand what I'm telling you, because if you can get this in your heart, if you can hear these words, and not just hear them, but heed them or obey them, then you're building your hopes and dreams on a rock. But if not, it will be on sand and it will evaporate. It will disappear. And it doesn't matter how elaborate, how beautiful. If it has the wrong foundation, it will not last. So what were the words of Jesus that he spoke that were so important for us to listen to? What were the words that we want to emphasize from where we read in Matthew that he says, if we listen to him, it's the equivalent of building our, our lives on the rock. And if not, it's sand. Well, he starts out by saying, beware of false prophets that come to you in sheep's clothing. Now, when the Bible describes this, uh, this particular, um, we'll read scriptures later on to confirm this, but it literally is referred to as what's going to happen in the last days. And I believe we're in the last days. When it says that false prophets um, beware of them, the Lord is saying this to his followers that come to you in sheep's clothing. What he, what he means by that is that they look harmless. They appear to be very innocent. 
uh, very humble. Sheep's clothing. I mean, there's not hardly a, uh, an animal that's more humble uh, than a sheep. Uh, you, you almost feel sorry for them. Uh, you want to help them. You want to give to them. They, they appeal to your uh, compassionate uh, Christian demeanor, your good graces. But Jesus says they are actually wolves. Not just wolves, but ravenous or devouring wolves. In other words, they will destroy you. So this is worth looking into because this is something that the Lord says is crucial for us. And it's not always as it appears. So let's go to the Word of God and see if the Lord... Uh, book God's holy book can give us some instruction. Paul also talked about this in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 20 and verse 26 is where we begin. Paul says, Wherefore I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men. For I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers, to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves... Now here uh, we, we see this same reference coming to us again. Grievous wolves will enter in among you. So this is not like necessarily something that's happening out in the world, it happens within the body of Christ. So things come into the body that appear to be harmless that are actually very deadly. And Paul says they will not spare the flock. Verse 30, also of your own selves, and now he reemphasizes the same point that I just made, shall men arise speaking perverse things. Now, uh, Perverse here means to distort the truth. They're speaking things that appear to be, uh, you know, maybe even spiritual, maybe even uh, uplifting, but it is with the intention of distorting the truth. To draw, and here's the purpose, to draw away disciples after them. Well, I just wish, you know, we'd do this at East Wind, and I... I just wish Pastor Myers would do that. I just wish, you know, no, 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 no. And it's just, it doesn't like, it's not like a person has a pitchfork and they have horns on their head. They could just look like sheep. But there is this destructive purpose. To draw, here's where, to draw away disciples after them. Therefore, watch and remember that by the space of three years, I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all of them which are sanctified. Now, in, in Paul's admonition, of course, we know he went and started churches and, and would send letters and tried to, you know, build them up. Even after they got saved, they were new babes in Christ and there was a maturation process. But now he says something that even the Lord referred to in his words in Matthew that we read in our text. He says, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. He points them to the word of God. 
And he says then that I can't be there 24-7 to babysit you. But I'm turning you to the Lord and to the word of his grace. Because he's what's going to build you up. He is what is going to give you that firm foundation. And the word of God and obedience to that word is going to give you the foundation that you need so that your house can be built on a rock. So that your life can be built on a rock. So that the church can be built on a rock. And that really is what Jesus told Peter when he said, On this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. It was the rock of revelation that Jesus uh, was referring to. It was the, the rock of, of sheep being fed by the preaching of the word of God. I'm so thankful that this church was built on that rock of teaching the word of God. We were able to grow on a strong foundation because the foundation was the word of God. Now, not everybody is going to obey the word of God. Not everybody is going to heed the word of God. This is what Jesus said in Matthew. But it's not because it hasn't been preached. It's not because it hasn't been taught. There is that firm foundation that we can build our lives on. And here we are more than 50 years later. And time has proven that this is not a sandcastle. That if you will build your life on the word of God, it is not easily washed away. Whenever the storms of adversity come and the wind blows and the waves pound at your life through loss and heartache and uncertainty and questions, you are able to dig down deep into the word of God and find strength for your soul. Oh, hallelujah. I'm thankful for the rock of his word. It becomes clear as you begin to put these scriptures together that that real rock is is the word of God and obedience to the word and and it's something that will last. But that's contrasted even in in the Lord's uh, warning to his own followers. It's contrasted with the sand. And when he talks about this, he says that the sand is produced by false prophets and dreamers that lead people astray and give false hope. They give false guidance. The Bible has a lot to say about this, but let's start in the Old Testament. We'll work our way through. Let's start in Deuteronomy chapter 13 and verse 1. Deuteronomy chapter 13 and verse 1. I know I don't, I have 87 pages of notes here, but I know, and this is just the tip of the iceberg on all that the Bible has to say about this subject. And, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll try my best to get through it all. But um, understand that this is not something that's mentioned once or twice in Scripture. There's a lot of Scripture dealing with this subject. But we started Deuteronomy 13 and verse 1. If there arise among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams, and giveth thee a sign or a wonder, and the sign or the wonder come to pass... Whereof he spake unto thee, saying, Let us go after other gods which thou hast not known, and let us serve them. Thou shalt not hearken unto the words of that prophet, or that dreamer of dreams. For the Lord your God proveth you, even if it comes to pass. The Bible says, don't go chasing after dreamers and false prophets. 
and I'm going to get into this, but a prophet is not determined whether or not it's a false prophet or a prophet based upon whether or not it comes true. Because I could stand up here before you today and say, I prophesy that the sun will come up tomorrow. Well, just because the sun comes up tomorrow does not make me a prophet. So Deuteronomy is warning that if it's, uh, and, and we'll get into this, if it's moving you away from where you worship, what you worship, then that is a false prophet. Verse 4, Ye shall walk after the Lord your God and fear Him and keep His commandments. Now again, it's going back to the Word. The Word is the, the cure. It's the antidote. It's the vaccination. Whatever you want to call it. It's what stems the tide of, 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 of this, this sand uh, storm, as it were. And obey His voice... And ye shall serve him and cleave unto him, and that prophet or that dreamer of dreams shall be put to death, because he has spoken to turn you away from the Lord your God. Now, the Old Testament didn't fool around. The Old Testament didn't say, you should never ever go out to eat with this person again. The Bible says they should be put to death. That's what it says. Which brought you out of the land of Egypt, and redeemed you out of the house of bondage. To thrust thee out of the way which the Lord thy God commanded thee to walk in. In other words, the false prophet is going to try to remove you from your heritage. Remove you from where you have been spiritually fed. So shalt thou put the evil away from the midst of thee. If thy brother, thy son, the son of thy mother, or thy son, or thy daughter, or the wife of thy bosom, or thy friend, which is as thine own soul, Entice thee secretly, saying, Let us go and serve other gods, which thou hast not known, thou nor thy fathers, namely of the gods of the people which are round about you, nigh unto thee or far, far off from thee, from the one end of the earth even unto the other end of the earth. It goes on to, to warn. It doesn't even matter how close the person is to you. If they're moving you away, from the worship of the one true living God, they're not of God. They're not of God. Even if it comes to pass, they're not of God. If you follow them, you'll lose your self-esteem, you'll lose your salvation, and eventually you lose your life because it's a sandcastle. It's a mirage. It appears to be something that it's not. And here's where we are, ladies and gentlemen, in these last days. We are facing, as it were, the perfect storm in these last days. There are two things that are coming together. And I'm excited about the revival and I'm excited about um, the outpouring and, and, and global winds of harvest. And I'm excited about all of this that we're going to be doing in this year uh, to reach the world. But if we do not have sound biblical teaching, the enemy will try to come in the back door and try to deceive people that have been in the church 15, 20 years. And the reason that we are so susceptible to this, even if you've been saved for a long time, or maybe you've just got saved, but either way, the reason that we as God-fearing Christians are susceptible to this is because there are two things that are coming together that's making us so susceptible to these wolves. Here's the first one. We read about it in Matthew 
chapter 24 and verse 3. And again, it's the words of the Lord. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? So they're asking Jesus, what is the sign? What is the indicators that uh, thy coming, the end of the world, it's all going to be wrapped up? And Jesus answered, verse 4, and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come. Now here's one of the signs of what's going to be happening in the last days. Many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ and shall deceive many. So one of the things that's coming together that's making this a perfect storm uh, is that we are in the last days. And so Jesus himself said, we're in a time whenever there's going to be many. I'm not talking about one or two. There's going to be many false prophets, false Christ, false spiritual leaders presenting themselves to be something that they're not. Wolves in sheep's clothing. And these wolves will appear to be spiritual. He says, many shall come in my name saying, I am Christ. Now, this is important. It's easy to skate past this. But I want to try to give you as many clues as possible. So that you can be able to spot it and know right away and head in the opposite direction. Notice that the Lord said... Many shall come in my name. One of the things you see early on is that these people are self-proclaimed prophets. They give themselves the title. Beware of anybody that calls themselves a prophet. Or anyone that calls themselves an apostle. Because these are not titles that you give yourself. And when a person comes up to me and says, I'm prophet, I immediately say, God bless you. And though I may appear to be kind, my mind has already gone somewhere else. And there's a lot of these guys on the internet. Uh, especially during COVID. They're calling themselves prophet. And in, in, here's just a good thing for you to just know. You can just mark it down. Anybody that calls themselves a prophet is a false prophet. There you have it. It's not even hard to figure out. And I'll show you through the word of God. You don't have to take my word for it. But if you are a prophet or an apostle, it is not self-proclaimed. You don't give yourself that title. So if a person calls themselves a prophet, they're false. They've labeled themselves that. And the reason they have is to try to give spiritual weight to their words. Now let's read some more scripture. Matthew chapter 24 and verse... 11. Let's start there. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. So this is not something that's going to just happen, you know, uh, amongst a, a few folks in the corner. This is going to be a major uh, problem. Many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Matthew 24, 23. Then if any man say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets, 
and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. The very elect. It's not like it's just new converts that are easily deceived. The very elect. Behold, I've told you before, wherefore, if they shall say unto you, Behold, he is in the desert, go not forth. Behold, he is in the secret chambers, believe it not. Now this is again, uh, words of warning from the Lord. If someone says, you know, I'm going to do this and that, and they've got all kind of magical signs and wonders and, and, and big, you know, flattering words of prophecy, and God's going to give it all back to you in 2022 and blah, blah, blah. And they're saying all of this stuff. And then they present to you that you need to move out from your church and join this whatever. Uh, they'll, they'll say things like, you don't have to leave your faith, you know, you just need to leave your church. Uh, th- this one self-proclaimed false prophet online, uh, he came to town here a few months ago, and uh, he, he had a meeting uh, with some people. Some people from this church went to the meeting. And they don't know who this guy is from Adam's house cat. He'd just been on the, on the internet. I watched him do some stuff on the internet, and the guy is an absolute looney tunes that's the only way i know how to say it and uh he i saw this one post and i thought yep there you go there's your there's your sign here's what he says if you are working under leadership where your gift is undermined and not recognized never been appreciated always push you to the back even though they know what you carry and what you bring to the table hear me Walk out from that church with no ill feelings. No need to pray and ask God. This is not spiritual. It is wisdom. You will never know your full potential if you stay in that place. You will be surprised how God will use you once you are out of that environment. False prophet. Grievous wolf. Sandcastle builder. Saying things that, oh, yeah, boy, that, man, I, whew, I I can relate to that. Well, all of us at some point have felt like we would like to be used more of God. But it's geared to deceive. It's in sheep's clothing. So if anything or anyone is trying to separate you from the body of Christ so that they can become your uh, spiritual leader, that is a sandcastle. That will destroy you. And they do it with flattery. They do it with saying all kinds of stuff, you know, that, that, that we want to hear. You know, if you've not been appreciated, they push you to the back. If they, and it's to drive a wedge between you and your pastor and you and your church. So when, when a person comes and they start saying all this stuff, I don't care if they have ten titles in front of their name. It's not of God. And it will destroy your soul. And so you've got to be very, very careful about that. Don't. Uh, lend your ear to it. Don't uh, give your attention to it. And don't, just because they say flattering words, you know, get all goosebumpy and think that they're the next Messiah. It's, it's a trick to deceive the body of Christ. All right, let's read some more scriptures. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 12. And of course, Paul dealt with this subject a lot because he was, he was getting these churches established in uh, the New Testament. We read about it in his missionary journeys. This, of course... First Thessalonians is the church in Thessaloniki. 
uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.12. And we beseech you, brethren, to know them. Everybody say to know them. Which labor among you. You don't know some guy with a big Bible and a fancy backdrop on the internet. You don't know him or her. I beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake and be at peace among yourselves. Do you know how they knew Jesus was the Messiah? Because of the works. Because of the miracles. He says, esteem those that you know that labor in, in love for their works' sake. Because there's proof in the pudding. You, you, you can, you can, you know, you, you don't, you don't have to have, you, you know, 150 IQ to figure some things out. And if there's been a church in a city for 50 years, and a continuity of godly spiritual leadership, as opposed to some guy on the internet for the past 12 months. I mean, is it that hard to figure out? Now, I'm going to get a little bit deeper into this. How do you know someone that you've just met once? Or someone that you've just been listening to on the internet? Anybody can say anything. That doesn't make it true. I, I want to say this as, as your pastor. Ladies, you need to watch out for wolves on the internet. That start direct messaging you and telling you that they saw your picture and that they're attracted to you. And they start with all this flattery. And before long, you just get all swept up into something and you're ready to leave your church and your family and your home and run off to, to no man's land with some guy. I mean, you don't know who this person is. And, and people can be very clever in the words that they say and they, and they, they paint um, a pretty picture. It's a sandcastle. They build this big thing. But it's conflict with the Word of God. Because you know you're not doing right. You never counsel with you, pastor. You never counsel with the spiritual leadership of your church. You just go off because... And you know it's the wrong thing. It's a sandcastle. And ladies and gentlemen, when it's all said and done, it's going to be heartache. So instead of getting caught up in something just because your goosebump machine is on, you need to turn that thing off and get back to the Word of God and say, Does this is this built on biblical principles. If it's not built on a biblical principle, stay away from it. Now, now here's why, here's another reason why we're so susceptible to it. The Bible says that it's because of itchy ears. <laughs> we are hearing things that we want to hear. We're building sandcastles, false dreams. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 3. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 3. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts, watch this, shall they heap to themselves teachers. Shall they heap to themselves teachers. And just remember that phrase. 
having itchy ears. In other words, they're going to add all kinds of authority voices in their life because they like what they say. People say, oh, I want you to be my, my spiritual. I want you to, I want you to be my, I want you to, I want you, da, 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 da. All of these people are going to surround it. And we got all of these voices that are supposed to be speaking into our life. And all of it is because we have literally moved away from sound doctrine and we're just following our own lust. Why is it a lust factor? Because they're all saying things that we want to hear. So it builds on the flesh. They shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Let me just say this so I can make it really clear. If you will not tell your pastor what you are doing, or if you reject the counsel of the leadership of this church, that should be a warning light to you that you are working on a sandy foundation. That should be a warning light. Verse 5. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions. Sometimes you're going through things because you're just being tested, but you don't have to you know, throw out the baby with the bathwater. Stay in the fight. God's going to honor you. God's going to bless you. God will eventually give you a castle, but it won't be a sand castle. It's going to be a castle built on a rock. He'll give you your dreams, but you've got to have your dreams based in biblical principles. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministries. Now here, of thy ministry. Here's one thing that you need to understand. Sand castles appear to be something that they're not. They appear to be something that they're not. It's an illusion. Uh, they may look like a house. I mean, you may walk by and see a beautiful sandcastle and say, wow, is that a four-bedroom house? I mean, it may look like a house, but rest assured, it is not a house. It doesn't matter how elaborate. They may look like a fort, but it is certainly not something that can protect you. So sandcastles have as a part of its element a deceptive nature. Look at what Proverbs Chapter 16, verse 25 says, There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. It, it, it seems right. It seems like the right thing. But the end thereof are the ways of death. Why is that? Because again, it's built on a faulty premise. It's in conflict with biblical authority, with Scripture. 1 John chapter 4, and verse 1. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. The admonition in Scripture is that you need to try the spirit. Well, how do we do that? How do we try them or how do we test them? Here's the first thing you do by asking if what they are saying aligns itself with biblical principle. That's how you test it. Is it aligned with biblical principle? If it does not align with the scripture, it's not right. It does not matter how good it sounds or how good it feels. If it does not align with biblical principle with the scriptures, it is not right. 
So you've got to try these spirits. You've got to, you've got to learn those that, that labor among you. Uh, understand this about these wolves. The, the Bible describes it as I read in our text that they're ravenous wolves. They're, they're, they're not just wolves that come and bark and run away. They are to destroy you. That's the purpose in a ravenous wolf. When these wolves get through with you, they will leave your life a big mess. I have seen it over and over and over all my life. They distance themselves from church, from godly counsel, and they take up with some new voice. And when it is done, their lives are just a carcass that has been picked clean by vultures wearing suits. And then those people are so embarrassed, they can't ever come back to church again. I'm going to tell you something. I don't care how bad you mess up. You still got to kill your pride and get back to an altar of repentance. And, and all of us are human. And people sometimes get caught up with this. It doesn't mean that you're not still loved by the body of Christ and that there's still not a place for you at East Wind. Don't feel like because you've messed up that you've got to then spend your whole life messed up and end up in a lake of fire. Find your way back to an altar of repentance. Find your way back to an altar of humility. And say, God, I, I want to get back on track. I don't want to live my life on the sand. Because the sand, you just go further and further down until you're in quicksand. You can't come up. you got to get out of that quagmire and get on the rock. Somebody's got to get on the rock. Second Peter chapter 2 and verse 1. But there were false prophets also among the people even as there shall be false teachers among you who privily shall bring in damnable heresies. They do it privately. It's just kind of like around the sides and it's kind of done back here and there in corners. It's done privily. Even denying the Lord that brought them and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow. Many shall follow their pernicious ways. Now, pernicious is a word that simply means it has a harmful effect in a subtle way. A harmful effect in a subtle way. By reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And through covetousness, covetousness, that, that's a craving for power and wealth. Through covetousness shall they with feigned words. You see all the deceptive, you see how this is all tying together? With feigned words make merchandise of you. Now you don't have to like what I'm telling you, but you can read the word of God for yourself. Their purpose is to make merchandise of you. They don't care about you. It's a money grab. That's all it is. And once you're out, they will throw you back to the pigs because you can't do anything else for them. The Bible says to bring your tithes into the storehouse. That's the church. And when you send money to some self-proclaimed prophet online, you, my friend, are disobeying Scripture. You are disobeying Scripture. The Bible says bring your tithes in the storehouse. You are putting yourself in an alignment with a very dangerous situation. Oh, my friend, 
you got to back up from that and say, wait a second, I'm going to get back on the rock. I'm going to get on the Word of God. I know if I'm building a sandcastle, it will not stand. It goes on to say, whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not. Whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not. It doesn't last long. Before long, the gig is up. You begin to see through it. It doesn't. It's, there's no longevity to it. But it's a tremendous amount of damage that's done in a very short period of time. Whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, but watch this, and their damnation slumbereth not. Now you see the contrast there? Their wisdom doesn't last long. The, the scam doesn't last long. But the judgment, the damnation slumbereth not. In other words, God is going to judge them with a very heavy hand. 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 13. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers. And I want to just throw that in there. Deceitful workers transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. Now there again you see where it's a self-proclaimed thing. And no marvel, in other words, it shouldn't surprise you, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Satan himself presents himself as an angel of light. Oh, I've never felt so spiritual. I've never felt so close to God. You are not going to get closer to God getting away from the Word of God. You can't get more spiritual than this book. I don't care if a person tells you your zip code, how many buttons are on the front of your shirt, and what you ate on your spaghetti last night. You are not going to get more spiritual than the Word of God. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed to an angel. Verse 50. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to to their works. I mean, the scripture literally says, Paul says here as he's writing to this church in Corinth, that it shouldn't surprise you because even Satan does this whole, you know, smoke and mirrors deal with presenting himself as an angel of light. But then he says something, therefore it is no great thing if his ministers. He literally says that these individuals are the ministers of Satan. That's what the Bible is saying. Now, this is something that's really interesting because look what 2 Corinthians eleven thirteen says. False apostles, we understand that. False, but then it says deceitful workers. Some of the people that are just workers, but they're still deceitful. Hey, you know, you ought to come over here. Hey, you know, we're putting this together. You know, so-and-so prophet, so-and-so's coming from Timbuktu, and hey, let's go over there. Just deceitful workers. The Bible says they're working for Satan. That's what the Bible says. You can, you know, either take it and build on the rock or not heed to it and build on the sand. It's your life. But that's what the Bible says. Now, here's what's interesting. And I read this to you in the text at the very beginning. Deuteronomy puts these false prophets in the same category as dreamer of dreams. Dreamer of dreams. 
Let me read it again so you just... Deuteronomy 13.1. If there arise among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams and giveth thee a sign or a wonder. Be careful about people coming up to you. I don't care if they're in this church and they've been in this church for 50 years. Be careful about people coming up to you and telling you that they've had a dream about you. Or that God has revealed that you've got a certain spirit or that you've got a certain gift and you're supposed to do this or that. You need to politely tell them, thank you for thinking about me before you went to sleep. But if God wants to tell me something, He'll show me through His Word or He'll give me a dream about myself. He doesn't have to give you a dream for me. And if God doesn't do that through the pastor and through the leadership of the church, He's certainly not going to do it through laity and through people that are not even faithful to church or, or have just come into church in the past few weeks and now they want to start prophesying over everybody you need to say uh no you need to go talk to the pastor don't sit there and go oh really come on people are we really that naive now here's what i think the enemy's trying to do because we're moving into this thing, we're doing training for Crusader, and the enemy's going to try to come in and distort all of this and make everything go haywire by a few nut jobs going around and distorting biblical principles. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen in this church. There's one thing I've noticed in 32 years of pastoring, and I go back to 1990 when I first started co-pastoring with my father. But in 32 years of pastoring, there's something that I've noticed about these wolves. They always... They always go after the new folks in the church. Or they go after those that are on the perimeter. Uh, that, that, that are the most vulnerable spiritually. And, and, and this again where I, Paul hit the nail on the head because that's the same spirit of Satan. The Bible says Satan goes about as a roaring lion. I've seen how those lions work in Africa. They, they hang out in the bushes around in the disguised area and they wait to find one that's gotten separated from the flock or one that's dragging behind or one that's, you know, got a, uh, a really young and, and can't quite keep up. And they prey on those that are the most vulnerable. They don't go after the strong ones that are up front, you know, leading the charge. No, no. They go after the ones that sit in the back when everybody else has come to the altar. Woo. That's the same spirit as Satan. Because the Bible says that he goes about as a roaring lion. Wolves, lions, they're creatures of destruction. And while I'm on the subject, let me say one other thing. Don't ever assume that someone is speaking on behalf of the pastor. Oh, I've told pastor this and he blah, 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 blah. Don't ever assume that someone is speaking on behalf of the pastor, especially if it's some kind of spiritual direction. Always come to me and ask me directly. Because there are times when people will try to bolster the credibility of their words by linking it to the pastor. And nine out of ten times, I'm not even aware of it. Much less in agreement with it. 
And there are things that can be said where people can get hurt and it can be implied that the pastor knows about it and is in agreement. And a person can lose out in their salvation. They lose out of being in a church that preaches the truth because they think that somehow the pastor is upset with them and the pastor has no idea. Don't ever assume. It's very easy to get a hold of me. And there's no way that you can ever use an excuse. Well, I thought this, I thought that. You can run it by the pastor and say, hey, I was told this, is this true? Don't just assume because so many people lose out. Here's what Paul said. I don't care if an angel comes to you and tells you something. If it's contrary to what I have taught you, it's not of God. Let's read it together. Galatians chapter 1 and verses 6 through 9. I'm going to be done here by, by 8.30. Galatians chapter 1 verses 6. I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. The good news, folks, is that this has been a problem from day one. I mean, the, the first church being founded 2,000 years ago. They, he, he, Paul, I can't believe it. I mean, we just were having revival. What in the world happened? I've only been gone a few days. I marvel that you're so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. Now, that pervert means to distort. To distort the gospel of Christ. Verse 8. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. I mean, the Bible has strong language about this. It doesn't just say don't invite him, you know, to, to your Thanksgiving party. It, I mean, it basically is saying put him out of your life. As we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you, then that ye have received, let him be accursed. So let's review real quick. You remember I told you that we were facing a perfect storm. Jesus said in Matthew, in the last days, many false prophets will arise. How do we know that they're false? All right. Let me just quickly review, because we gave you three things, but it was all mixed in there because we're pushing. If they call themselves a prophet, they're false. That's easy right there. You don't have to have a conversation with them. You don't have to pray about it. If they say, I'm prophet so-and-so, you say, you don't have to say it out loud. False prophet so-and-so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Second thing. If they encourage you to separate from the body of Christ, they're false. Remember we read scripture, don't go here, don't go there. Okay. They encourage you. They call themselves prophet. They're false. They encourage you to separate from the body of Christ. If they teach anything different than the word of God, they're false. I don't care if they pull rabbits out of a hat. It doesn't matter. The Bible says that's not how you determine whether or not a prophet is false or not false. You ought to hear missionaries tell it. They'll tell you all about witchcraft and all the, 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 the witch doctors that they deal with that, that do all kind of magic tricks. That's not how you determine whether or not somebody is real or not real. Ooh, well, you know, he told me about my grandmother. And sure enough, she had to go to the dentist next week. So what? You're not going to get more spiritual than the Word of God. This is where God speaks to you. He speaks to you through the Word. So, in the last days, there's going to be a great falling away. The Bible says that. Why? Here's the perfect storm. 
First of all, we read to you where in the last days there's going to be all of these um, false prophets and all of this coming together and it's going to be, you know, uh, done in such a way to try to deceive. Uh, and, and, and people that have not built their life on the rock are going to be highly, highly susceptible. And false prophets are arising in these last days. But there's something else that's causing this to be a perfect storm. And it, it, it just came to me. I, I want to say that it was the Lord because I've never seen it like this before. But you know how in the past two years there's been hundreds of thousands of people that have stopped going to church. And they're just getting church online now. So they've separated. You, you remember what Hebrews says? Let's look at Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25. It says this, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and watch this, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Here's the perfect storm, ladies and gentlemen. People are not going to church, so they're becoming very susceptible to what they hear and see on the Internet. What somebody says, oh, you ought to go watch this guy on YouTube. and Oh, you ought to go do this, you ought to go do that. And because they're not in church, they're following that path. And then we're in the last days, and there's this overabundance of, of grievous wolves. So you've got these two things coming together. That's why the writer of Hebrews said, as you see the day approaching, don't forsake coming together. If there's ever been a time that we need to assemble together, it's today. Because if you don't, you become so very vulnerable to what is happening out there. And because false prophets are going to uh, permeate these last days, oh, it's so incumbent upon us, ladies and gentlemen, to stay in the book. I hope that you will get that Bible reading program and read the Word of God every day. I can't tell you how many times I've come to crossroads in my life, not sure what to do, and just started reading Scripture. And the Lord spoke to me and gave me clear direction of what you do. Don't buy into a trick of the image and try to convince you that nobody can understand the Word of God and it's written in Old English and blah, 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 blah. That's all to try to keep you out of the Bible. If you'll just open up the Bible and begin to commit yourself to reading the Word of God, God will lead you and guide you. And prayer. Oh, make sure you've got a time of prayer. And stay in church. Don't get pulled off into one of these schemes following some false prophet. And think that he's going to pull honey out of the rock somewhere. No, that's not going to happen. All he's going to do is drain your bank account. And then you're going to be so embarrassed, you're not going to be, know what to do. Don't let that happen. Stay on the rock. Paul gives this final warning. I'm coming to a close. 2 Corinthians 11.3 But I fear lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Folks, it's not complicated. It's Jesus Christ. For if he that cometh preaches another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or if ye receive another spirit, which ye have not received, or another gospel, which ye have not accepted, ye might well bear with him. In other words... You will allow it. And it's just like they say, you put the toad in the hot pot and you just slowly turn up the heat. And before long, 
stuff that you would have never followed all of a sudden, not all of a sudden, but over a course of time, it begins to just make sense to you. The Bible says, he that believeth a lie will be damned. Don't allow it. Don't listen to it. Don't watch it. Put it to death by shutting the door to that voice. And if you have friends that want you to go to some event or some house meeting where some prophet is or invited you to watch something on YouTube or some self-proclaimed yibbity-yabbity, run from all of it as fast as you can and say, not me, I'm going to build my house on the rock and I'm not going to die on the doorstep of heaven with shattered dreams and washed out sandcastles. I'm not going to do it. I've got a rock, hallelujah. I've got the truth of the Word of God. Let's stand together. So be strong. Be faithful. Guard your heart. Guard your ears. God has given us an open door for end time revival. And He wants you to be a part of it. He wants this church to be a part of it. And the enemy is going to try to fight it because, oh, when we come together two by two, nothing is impossible for people that will commit themselves, hallelujah, to the Word of God and the evangelism of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Aren't you thankful the Word of God gives you clear guidance and directions? Why don't we lift our hands right now and receive the Word of God? God, we're so thankful for your love for this church. So thankful, Lord, for your love and the guidance that we have through biblical principles in Scripture. God, I pray, Lord, that we would not just hear the word but that we would heed the word of god tonight that we would obey it and that we would build our lives the decisions that we make on the rock of obeying biblical principles hallelujah we'll not follow sandcastles and cast our dreams into something that's going to be fleeting but lord we give ourselves to your word oh hallelujah and to the faithfulness of the house of god In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.